on, area one, all of you. You, if you're gonna walk on this site, you need a hard hat. Uh, well, I didn't want to mess up my hair. Look at you, ball. <laughs> no hat, no entrance, put it on. All right, then. I can look like an egghead, I guess, all right. I've been called worse, though, so it, it's all good. Good. Uh, By the way, are you the one in charge of this bridge building here? Yeah, I am. How, how, how's it going? Uh, it's coming along pretty good. But, yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of important things that go into building a bridge. Right. Well, that's kind of why I'm here this morning. Um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm doing a little research on bridge building. I kind of have this idea that I'm working on. And uh, so I just stopped by to gather a little information about what it takes to build a bridge. You got a few minutes you could kind of fill me in a little bit? Yeah, I can spare you a couple. Okay. Yeah, well, there's three main points we want to concentrate on. We got the design, the engineering, and the construction. Now, first of all, the design. When an architect's designing a bridge, he's going to want to ask himself a series of questions. He's going to want to ask himself, what obstacle is he trying to cross? Is it a bridge? <laughs> I'm sorry, we're building the bridge. Yeah. Is it a railway? Mm -hmm. Is it a canyon? Is it a river? And he wants to know what's the distance that he's got to overcome. How great is it? What's the bridge going to be used for? So you see, the design is very important. Right. And you might even remember a few years ago, back in Minnesota, the I-35 bridge collapsed. Yeah. 13 people got killed. Wow. Nearly 100 more were injured. After they did the investigation, they found out that there was a design flaw that led to the erosion of the bridge and its eventual collapse. Wow, wow. I guess it really puts into perspective how important it is to build a bridge. I mean, it's pretty dangerous, has some pretty major responsibilities. It can be very dangerous. Yeah. So, next we want to talk about the engineering. Now, structural engineers, they really hold people's lives in their hands. So they got to make sure that they've got a solid foundation, they got to make sure they've got the right materials, mm -hmm. and they got to make sure that the bridge is going to stand up to all different kinds of stress. And by that, I'm talking wind, extreme temperatures, bending, vibration. Yeah. Very important. You might even remember back in 1937. Not that I'm trying to age. Hey, right. hey, hey. <laughs> easy now. We're going back to the cue ball. Hey, easy. Um, don't let the gray fool you. Yeah, sorry, right. buddy. Anyway. Anyhow, constructing the Golden Gate Bridge, San Francisco. Eleven men fell to their death. Wow. After that, they put a series of safety nets underneath. The 19 more guys actually fell, but they were saved by the nets. Wow. And you know that those guys actually formed themselves a little club. They called themselves <laughs> the Halfway to Hell Club. Whoa. Pretty appropriate, I think. Yeah, I would say that's uh, pretty appropriate for sure. Well, uh, you know, you can tell the story pretty good. That's, that's a pretty amazing story. You might ought to think about being a preacher. Oh, heck no, man. I'll leave that to pros. Yeah, I guess so. Well, let, speaking of stories, I got a story. And since you're in this business, maybe you can verify whether it's true or not. I heard when they were building and constructing the Dover Dam, I mean, you can imagine the hundreds of thousands of tons of concrete it took, and uh, they poured the foundations for this dam, and uh, I heard that while they were pouring the cement and the foundation, that men, like you were saying, uh, literally fell into that wet concrete, and they literally had to just leave them there and to this day, their bodies are still there. Do you know if that's true or not? You know, I've got no idea. Sure makes for a good story, though. 
hey, maybe you ought to be the preacher. Yeah, so I've been told. <laughs> now listen, we're here at the construction site. Okay. And as you can see, when you're building a bridge, you're going to take the two different sides and then span toward the middle. Now, each of those pieces individually is very unstable. So you got to make sure that whatever the centerpiece is, it's absolutely crucial that it brings stability to the overall structure. Wow. Okay, so the, the centerpiece is important. Well, man, let me just tell you, I know you're busy. You've really helped me a lot today. Here's the truth. The truth is, I am a preacher. <laughs> and uh, I'm just doing a little research because I'm just trying to find a unique way to communicate the Easter message. And, you know, people come on Easter, and I want them to come back, and I don't want them just to hear the same old message. So I just have this idea of doing this kind of illustrative message about a bridge. And, you know, if that doesn't work, I'm just going to resort to bribery. I thought maybe I'll buy people tickets to the Tigers game or something. A preacher bribing people. Nice. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, right? Well, thanks. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. But, you know, you're actually making me think. Building a bridge is kind of like building a life, isn't it? It really is. I mean, you got to make sure that the design's right, that you got the right building materials. Right. And that you take a lot of stress, right? Right, absolutely. And then whatever that middle piece is, it's absolutely vital that it brings stability to a person's life, right? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, man... That, that's really that's really good. I, I might use that in my Easter Sunday message. Hey, you do that. Okay, I will. Well, hey, look, I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. I, I'd be a little concerned about that crew that just left here. You might need to go check up yeah, on them. Yeah, they need watching. They're, they're they, lazy. They do. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Mr. Foreman. All right. We appreciate all of you. Some people call this the spiritual void, the great divide. If you could just imagine with me for a moment as we look at the bridge, one side is, stands man and the other side is God. But because sin entered into the world, it creates this terrible divide, this, this chasm, if you would, this, this emptiness, if you would. And, and some of you know exactly what that feels like. It's not literal, but it's, it's internal that we feel that divide. And, and throughout human history, we found people doing all kinds of different things to fill that void. We, we, and, and some of the things that we use to try to fill the void or bridge the gap or close the great divide, so to speak, they're not necessarily wrong. They're not necessarily what we would classify as sin in themselves. 
but they'll never bridge the great divide. We, we try things like higher education. Sometimes we even try religion. And I'm just here to tell you, I know we're in a church setting, but religion won't bridge the gap. Good works won't bridge the gap. Higher education, more money, more success, more fame, none of that really bridges the gap. Matter of fact, today we're going to learn there's only one way to bridge the great divide. And some people just choose to just totally ignore that there is a gap. Maybe you've fallen in that category at some place or another where, you know what, I'm just going to live fast and free and just kind of numb myself to this gnawing inside that there's this void, this emptiness. We refer to it in America a lot of times as living the sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of a lifestyle. Just trying to ignore the fact that, that, that there's something empty, this great divide. And so we try to get more stuff and attain more things and try new experiences to fill that gap. And uh, I'm sure that somewhere in your life's journey, you can kind of relate to that in some form or another. Well, today, rather than me just take the whole time to speak... I want to introduce you to six characters. You're going to find six characters on this bridge that are using their resources, their mind, their thinking, their conversation, doing everything they know how to do to get to God or to get to the other side. Today you'll meet people like just the, the, the guy named Larry. We, we kind of call him... Larry the Cable Guy. He's just your blue-collar guy just trying to get by in life. You know, he sees every problem as a nail, so the only tool he carries around is a hammer. You know, he's the get-her-done, no matter what kind of guy. And, and so we'll visit with him. We'll, we'll see people like the professor who thinks it's intellect and education, and I'm not bad-mouthing education at all. Uh, we, we will find the businesswoman that thinks it's more success and climbing the corporate ladder. We'll find the everyday soccer mom just trying to make ends meet and using her resources. We'll find the rock and roller, the punk rocker, and all their lyrics and their revolution style of mindset. We'll find the hippie lady on the bridge just kind of thinking, oh, everything is peace and love. And thinking that'll get us across the bridge. But here's what I want you to do more than anything. We couldn't put every walk of life on the bridge, but I want you to look at them today. And I want you to listen to them. I want you to hear their conversations. Because I think in their conversation and, and, and in their life and in the things that they do, I think if you look at them and listen to them hard enough, you might even find a little piece of your journey. Maybe you will hear some of your own conversations. And that's what we're going to look at today. I'd like to just ask for God to help us one more time as we begin to look at these characters. Let's just ask God to open our hearts. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we look at these characters today, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us to get the revelation that there's only one way. I ask it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I've got a problem. I'm a sinner. Um, I, I know I've sinned, and, and I know that I've fallen short of God's standard. That's a problem because sin separates and creates a chasm. In short, our sin puts a divide between us and God. So here I am at the precipice of my eternity. Some people look at this as a desperate situation, but I consider it an opportunity. 
See, it's like when you're hiking in the woods and all of a sudden you come across the river. Do you wring your hands and pack up your gear and call it a day because you can't get across? Or do you chop down a tree and use it as a bridge? Hmm? See, you wouldn't let that little stream keep you from getting to where you want to go. Obstacles made to be overcome. And it just takes a little bit of hard work. Or in this case, good works. Charitable giving. Loving my neighbor, even though he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> Church attendance. It's a big one. <laughs> Volunteering. Prayer. A lot of little prayers. <clears throat> Feeding the hungry. Exercising. Does that count? It should. Well, that should do it. See, no one said it was going to be easy, but with some grit, determination, and some spiritual fortitude, I'm here to tell you that anything is possible. Got one. <laughs> this is embarrassing. <clears throat> Looks like I'm going to need a bigger tree. Emptiness may lay the 
until we figure out what the chasm is. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the question that, that really resides in the heart of every man and woman here. We're trying to figure out what is this gap? What created the great divide? Why is it here? And uh, it's what we wrestle with. It's, it's the great chasm. So, so what created it? Well, if you're not used to or don't really understand the Easter message, to be quite honest with you, that's what the Easter message answers. It answers the question, not only what is the gap, but it answers how do we cross the great divide? Easter is not about bunnies and eggs, and it's not about Easter lilies. It, it, it has a greater significance. And sometimes, even in religious thinking, we, we see the, the cross and the tomb and the stone, and we still miss the whole purpose of why Jesus came in the first place. And uh, when sin entered into the world, as I was telling you earlier, uh, it divided us from God. Matter of fact, let me just kind of take you back on the journey and just take you just chronologically through the journey that leads us to Easter Sunday. When God created man, he created us to have fellowship with him. In other words, it was God's highest priority that we could walk in relationship with God. And man, just thinking about that just totally changes the image that some people have of God. Some people think God's just sitting in heaven in some big, you know, judge with a robe ready to mess your life up if you do anything wrong. Well, if you go back to the beginning, God created Adam and he created Eve. And the Bible says that he would come down and fellowship with them in the cool of the evening. I mean, that is just this incredible picture. It shows us the heart of God. God wants to just, in modern day terminology, he wants to hang out with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. And so many times things get in the way of that. And religion is the biggest obstacle that gets in the way of having a relationship with God. Now... The thing about this story that many people misunderstand is in Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 17, I think will be on the screen for you. God basically said this to Adam and Eve. He said, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Now, there's a lot of people that don't understand that whole principle. See, when God created man, he gave him this whole garden, this utopia, this paradise to, to live in and to be free and, and to have reign over it. And some people say, well, then why in the world was there this one tree that God forbid? Well, the answer is very simple. God didn't want to force us to love him. He wanted us to have the option whether we were going to love him or not love him. And so out of the millions of trees in this great paradise, there's one tree that he said, don't eat from. And if you do, you will surely die. Well, some of us know the story, Adam and Eve, who are great, 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 to the nth degree grandparents, they ate of that forbidden fruit. And at that moment, sin entered into the world. At that very moment, the great divide was created. Because God is holy, and now there's sin, there's disobedience, which is sin. Now, I, as a kid, always wondered, well, why didn't God just go in there and change the rules? But it's because God is a God of his word. And once he said you will surely die, he couldn't change that or God would be a liar. And we know that God is not a liar. 
And immediately, when Adam and Eve took that forbidden fruit, they began to die. Our bodies were created to live forever. I mean, that's why today, if I cut myself, the blood corpuscles start coming together and healing myself and, and, and healing my body. Because our bodies originally were created to live forever. And our spirits immediately died. Matter of fact, when Adam and Eve sinned, their relationship with God, their spirit died. And the spirit is what had relationship with God. And now there's a great divide, a chasm, a gap, if you would, that separates us from God. But here's the good news. And here's the part of the story that maybe many of you have heard but haven't connected the dots. The good news is this. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. In other words, the law, God's word, declared that if sin enters in, then you will surely die. Well, Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, steps up and says, I'll tell you what, I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to lay down my life. I will satisfy what the law requires. I, I will die so that everybody else has the option to live. That's why Jesus says in John chapter number 3, verse number 3, he says, he says that I think it's on the screen, but it, it basically just says this, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so that's what we're doing. And, and maybe you've heard the terminology a lot, getting saved or getting born again. Basically what's happening is this, we're all born as sinners. We're not sinners because we've done the act of sin. We're sinners because we have the nature of sin. Matter of fact, Romans 3.23 tells us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In other words, we're all born as sinners. How many know that's true? How many know we don't have to send you to class to learn how to sin? How many know that's right? Huh? I mean, you know, the little three-year-old kid throwing a temper tantrum in the middle of the grocery store, nobody taught that child to do that. We don't have to go to class to learn how to lie or to cheat. Those are just our evil nature comes up and does that because we're born spiritually dead. We're born internally with the great divide. And many people spend their entire life trying to find how to get to God. It's been happening ever since sin entered into the world. Matter of fact, uh, if you know your Bible stories at all, there was one place in the Old Testament where they decided to build this tower to the heavens. Because they were desperately trying to find God. And ladies and gentlemen, that is what the Easter message is about. That sin came in and separated us from God. But Jesus stepped up and said, you know what? I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to satisfy what the laws require. I'm going to die. I'm going to lay down my life so that everybody else Live. Well, here's the deal. The devil took that deal because he thought, man, if I can kill the son of God, then I'm in forever. I'll, he would rule and he would reign. But what he didn't expect to happen is for Jesus to defeat death, hell, and the grave. What he didn't expect to happen was three days later, he would kick the stone away and come out victorious. And because he lives, you and I can live also. Amen? Amen. Of, I've been preaching for 25 years, and so obviously preaching that Easter's and thinking of all kind of ways to convince you that God loves you and He has a plan for your life. He's not mad at you. He's not ready to judge you. 
he sent Jesus, put all of his punishment and judgment on Jesus so that he didn't have to punish you. And all we have to do is say yes to the plan that God has for our life. I thought of all kinds of ways to tell that. And, and, and there's pastors all over the city telling it in dozens of different kinds of ways. I thought today, instead of me just trying to convince you, I, I'm, I'm a movie buff and I love video and movies. And I've seen this Czechoslovakian movie that I thought best describes this love that God has for us. So I want you to sit back for the next six or seven minutes. And I want you to see what I believe is the epitome of God's love and Jesus' sacrifice for us on this Easter Sunday. Pláďo! Pláďo! Pláďo!
change.